0: Final Thoughts, The Obstacle Becomes the Way Late in his reign, sick and possibly near death, Marcus Aurelius received surprising news. His old friend and most trusted general, Ovidius Cassius, had rebelled in Syria. Having heard the emperor was vulnerable or possibly dead, the ambitious general had decided to declare himself Caesar and forcibly seize the throne. Marcus should have been angry. History would have forgiven him for wanting to avenge this enemy. Crush this man who had betrayed him, who threatened his life, his family, and his legacy. Instead, Marcus did nothing, going as far as to keep the news secret from his troops, who might have been enraged or provoked on his behalf, but waited to see if Cassius would come to his senses. The man did not. And so Marcus Aurelius called a council of his soldiers and made a rather extraordinary announcement. They would march against Cassius and obtain the great prize of war and of victory. But of course, because it was Marcus, this war prize was something wholly different. They would capture Cassius and endeavour not to kill him, but, forgive a man who has wronged one, to remain a friend to one who has transgressed friendship, to continue faithful to one who has broken faith. Marcus had controlled his perceptions. He wasn't angry, he didn't despise his enemy. He would not say an ill word against him. He would not take it personally. Then he acted, rightly and firmly, ordering troops to Rome to calm the panicking crowds and then set out to do what must be done protect the empire, put down a threat. As he told his men, if there was one profit they could derive from this awful situation that they had not wanted, it would be to settle this affair well and show to all mankind that there is a right way to deal even with civil wars. The obstacle becomes the way. Of course, as so often happens, even the most well-intentioned plans can be interrupted by others. For both Cassius and Marcus, their destiny was changed when a lone assassin struck Cassius down in Egypt, three months later. His dream of empire ended right there. Marcus's initial hope to be able to forgive, in person, his betrayal ended as well. But this itself created a better opportunity, the opportunity to practice forgiveness on a significantly larger scale. The Stoics liked to use the metaphor of fire. Writing in his journal, Marcus once reminded himself that when the fire is strong, it soon appropriates to itself the matter which is heaped on it, and consumes it, and rises higher by means of this very material. The unexpected death of his rival, the man whom Marcus had been deprived of granting clemency to, was this metaphor embodied. Marcus would now forgive essentially everyone involved. He wouldn't take any of it personally. He'd be a better person, a better leader for it. Arriving in the provinces shortly after the death of Cassius, Marcus refused to put any co-conspirators to death. He declined to prosecute any of the senators or governors who had endorsed or expressed support for the uprising and when other senators insisted on death sentences for their peers associated with the rebellion, he wrote them simply, I implore you, the Senate, to keep my reign unstained by the blood of any senator. May it never happen. The obstacle becomes the way, becomes the way. Forever and ever and ever. Yes, it's unlikely that anyone is going to make an armed run at our throne anytime soon. But people will make pointed remarks. They will cut us off in traffic. Our rivals will steal our business. We will be hurt. Forces will try to hold us back. Bad stuff will happen. We can turn even this to our advantage. Always. It is an opportunity. Always. And if our only option, as was the case with Marcus, because of someone else's greed or lust for power, is simply to be a good person and practice forgiveness? Well, that's still a pretty good option. This, I'm sure you've noticed, Is the pattern in every one of the stories in this book? Something stands in someone's way. They stare it down, they aren't intimidated. Leaning into their problem or weakness or issue, they give everything they have, mentally and physically. Even though they did not always overcome it in the way they intended or expected, each individual emerged better, stronger. What stood in the way became the way. What impeded action in some way advanced it. It's inspiring. It's moving. It's an art we need to bring to our own lives. Not everyone looks at obstacles, often the same ones you and I face, and sees reason to despair. In fact, they see the opposite. They see a problem with a ready solution. They see a chance to test and improve themselves. Nothing stands in their way. Rather, everything guides them on the way. It is so much better to be this way, isn't it? There is a lightness and a flexibility to this approach that seem very different from how we, and most people, choose to live. With our disappointments and resentments and frustrations, we can see the bad things that happen in our lives with gratitude and not with regret because we turn them from disaster to real benefit, from defeat to victory. Fate doesn't have to be fatalistic. It can be destiny and freedom just as easily. There is no special school that these individuals attended. Aside from, for many, a familiarity with the ancient wisdom of Stoicism, nothing that they do is out of reach for us. Rather, they have unlocked something that is very much within each and every person. Tested in the crucible of adversity and forged in the furnace of trial, they realized these latent powers, the powers of perception, action, and the will. With this triad, they, first, see clearly, next, act correctly, finally, endure and accept the world as it is. Perceive things as they are, leave no option unexplored, then stand strong and transform whatever can't be changed. And they all feed into one another, our actions give us the confidence to ignore or control our perceptions. We prove and support our will with our actions. The philosopher and writer Nassim Nicholas Taleb defined a stoic as someone who transforms fear into prudence, pain into transformation, mistakes into initiation and desire into undertaking. It's a loop that becomes easier over time. To be sure, no one is saying you've got to do it all at once. Margaret Thatcher didn't become known as the Iron Lady until she was sixty years old. There's a saying in Latin, Vires and though, we gather strength as we go. That's how it works. That's our motto. In mastering these three disciplines we have the tools to flip any obstacle upside down. We are worthy of any and every challenge. Of course, it is not enough to simply read this or say it. We must practice these maxims, rolling them over and over in our minds and acting on them until they become muscle memory. So that under pressure and trial we get better, become better people, leaders, and thinkers because those trials and pressures will inevitably come. And they won't ever stop coming. But don't worry, you're prepared for this now, this life of obstacles and adversity. You know how to handle them, how to brush aside obstacles and even benefit from them. You understand the process. You are schooled in the art of managing your perceptions and impressions. Like Rockefeller, you're cool under pressure, immune to insults and abuse. You see opportunity in the darkest of places. You are able to direct your actions with energy and persistence. Like Demosthenes, you assume responsibility for yourself, teaching yourself, compensating for disadvantages, and pursuing your rightful calling and place in the world. You are iron-spined and possess a great and powerful will. Like Lincoln, you realize that life is a trial. It will not be easy, but you are prepared to give it everything you have regardless ready to endure, persevere, and inspire others. The names of countless other practitioners escape us, but they dealt with the same problems and obstacles. This philosophy helped them navigate those successfully. They quietly overcame what life threw at them and, in fact, thrived because of it. They were nothing special, nothing that we are not just as capable of being. What they did was simple, simple, not easy. But let's say it once again just to remind ourselves. See things for what they are. Do what we can. Endure and bear what we must. What blocked the path now is a path. What once impeded action advances action. The obstacle is the way.